Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later in life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner and obstacle racer in my 40s. Now I'm an athletic aging coach who helps women over 40 experience the massive life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. If that fires you up, keep listening. Let's do this. Welcome seasoned athletes. We are celebrating a huge milestone today and I'm so excited you're here to celebrate with me. Today, you are listening to the 100th episode of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Seasoned athletes, this is huge for so many reasons. This is not a fancy pants operation around here. I don't have a high-end studio or even a low-end studio. I don't have top-of-the-line equipment. I don't have a big budget. I don't have sponsors. I didn't even have an editor until several months ago. Shout out to Sasha Huff, my new editor. (laughs) I have made this podcast from my apartment on my laptop since day one, nearly four years ago. I started Seasoned Athlete as a passion project. I am a former radio DJ turned fitness professional. And although I haven't worked in radio in decades now, the broadcasting muscle was always something I wanted to keep flexing. And as a fitness professional, I know full well the importance of flexing those muscles to make them stronger. That doesn't just apply to the muscles that lift weights. That applies to any skill. So I wanted to reconnect with that inner broadcaster and radio DJ that still lives inside of me. And podcasting, well, that seemed like the way to go. As a 42-year-old athlete at the time, I found myself intrigued by stories of older athletes who are still kicking butt at their respective sports. I would read these stories on the internet and I'd always be so inspired by them. But I found myself wanting to connect with these athletes to go even deeper, to learn more, and to give them a voice to share their knowledge, their wisdom, their athletic, and their life stories with a greater audience. And so seasoned athlete was born. Now here we are, 100 episodes in. Considering that most podcasts don't make it past episode seven and 50% of all podcasts have less than 15 episodes, I'm going to consider this a huge win, especially since seasoned athlete is a 100% DIY made out of my apartment production. So yeah, we are here to celebrate today. And to commemorate this momentous occasion, I want to take a trip down memory lane and share some highlights from seasoned athletes I've had the honor of meeting and interviewing over the years. I went back into the seasoned athlete archives and chose one athlete from each decade represented in the hundred episodes of the show from the 40s all the way to the 90s and representing a variety of different sports as well. I'll be sharing some of the highlights from their episodes and their remarkable stories. This is going to be a mega dose of inspiration befitting of our 100th episode. I'm going to start by going back to episode 86, which originally aired on December 11th, 2020, and featured 48-year-old ice swimmer Kath Pendleton. Kath grew up swimming and transitioned into triathlon in her 30s, but only recently got into ice swimming, which for many would seem like an odd thing to just get into later in life. But an advertisement for an ice gala 
caught her attention and her willingness to try anything not just once, but twice, very likely changed the path of her athletic life. Here's how she explains it. And at that time, I seen an advertisement for an ice scala. So now all the open water stuff had all been in a wetsuit. And I seen this advertisement for an ice scala in Lake Windermere in um, North England, just swimming in your bathers in February the following year. So I was like, that's like really crazy, but I fancy giving it a go. So <laughs> that's insane. How do I sign up? <laughs> Where do I go? So yeah, tell me. So was that the first like event, that first ice swimming event that you participated? Well, it was, it was to be the first ice swimming event. So I spoke to a couple of friends I, I knew from triathlon and I knew from like outdoor fitness classes. And my friend said, oh, I've seen it too. I really fancy it. So we started in the river one Friday night before our swimming class. I think we did about eight minutes at 12 degrees. It was dark. We had the lights of the car. We got out. We were freezing. We we're like, that's crazy. But I was like, you've always got to try something twice. So we'll try it again. <laughs> that's a good attitude when you're freezing your butt off. <laughs> like, well, don't let this first impression color my whole opinion of this. At least do it twice. So, yeah, so off we went to our swim, swim session, obviously warmed up, and then I just instantly became addicted. Kath's addiction to ice swimming has since led her to swim the English Channel and eventually take on the Ice Sevens Challenge, which involves swimming one mile in every continent, including Antarctica. Her Antarctica ice swimming adventure was featured on BBC television at the end of 2020. From ice swimming to Spartan racing, we're going to take a trip back to episode 57, which originally aired on July 19th, 2019, and revisit the over 50 Spartan Andrea Owen. Andrea is someone I've had the pleasure of racing with on the Spartan race course over the years, and she really is an incredible athlete. What I love about her story, though, is that she came into the sport somewhat reluctantly. She accompanied her son to a race in 2014, and thought he was crazy to do such a thing. And eventually, her son convinced her to try a Spartan race when she was in her early 50s. Like many of the later-in-life athlete stories I've heard over the last 100 episodes, it often takes just one event to change everything. And for Andrea, it was this first race. Her competitive juices kicked in quickly, and the over-50 Spartan was born since that first race, Andrea went on to become a Spartan world champion in her age group in 2018 and 2019, and has stood on multiple masters and age group podiums over the many races she's run since she started. Andrea stumbled upon a sport that ended up becoming a passion for her, which is something she advises we all find a way to do, especially as we age. Here's how she explains it. Staying active and healthy, I think, is important. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to be one of those people when I get to be 70 or 80 sitting around doing nothing. I think the more active you are, the more healthier you're going to be, the more you're going to be able to do. So I just think just getting out and, and having fun and finding something that you really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Find an active endeavor that speaks to you, that you have fun with and could become your passion and drives you to continue doing it. Is yeah. basically that's the story. That's your story. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't use age as an excuse. I think that's yes. a big one. You know what? Age is just a number, as they say, right? Yeah, I actually go one farther. I like to say age is not just a number; it's an asset. That it can be an yeah. advantage. When I'm out 
embracing. I don't feel like I'm 57. I mean, I feel like I, you know, I'm mad at myself because, well, why can't why didn't I beat that 30 year old? You know, and <laughs> it's, I, get the, you know, I don't feel like it. Right. Yeah. I get the impression that your brain feels younger than you are. Yes. Yes, I think so. <laughs> and that's, you know, and as you mentioned, that could be your downfall sometimes because your brain's like, I don't need to recover. And your body's like, yes, I do. But uh, style. people ask me how old I am and I almost don't want to say it because I'm like, no, I'm not really that old. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? No one would expect it either. And so that's why it's I, I I'm of the school of like proudly proclaim your age because you want to surprise people with that. And you want to show people that what 57 can do, because I think that's important as people get older to not believe that some certain things are out of their reach or not available to them because they are a certain age. And you're here to show that you can be 57 years old and just dominate at a sport. And you, and you weren't playing sports your entire life. You took a 30 year break, (laughs) 30 year break. I think people are going to be surprised to hear that. We need more 50 year old, 50 plus year old women out there for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta bolster the competition for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hear that 50 something women. Let's get you out there on the course so you can go toe to toe with Andrea at the start line. I'd love to see you out there as well. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But what if you're in your 60s? Don't you worry. We've got you covered here, too. Let's take a trip back to episode 50 from February 22nd, 2019, and reunite with the Beast Mode Grandma herself, Sue Spencer. Sue is a competitive Olympic weightlifter who didn't start lifting until she was 61. For Sue, this has been a path to physical and mental health, wellness, and strength. So much strength. Sue's lifting journey has led her to multiple age group and provincial records and the opportunity to compete both locally and internationally. These are the types of doors that can be opened and adventures that pursuing an athletic lifestyle at any age can create for you. For Sue, it isn't just about the glory of competition. It's also about a form of inner peace, as she explains. I love Olympic weightlifting. I go to the gym three times a week with my trainer and we just work on Olympic lifts. So he basically watches me what I'm doing and occasionally comments. And it's like a a solitude time. It's a time for me of just concentrating on what I'm doing and I walk out of that gym after an hour or so and it's like I've done a meditation or something it's very very relaxing in that way mentally you you are so focused that you're not thinking about all those other things that go on in in the world and so for me it's been like amazing that way 
and just being able to let go of other stuff. It's like incredible that um, I know my kids said to me, gee, mom, you're not so angry anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I take it out on the bar. (laughs) Yeah, I was angry before. I didn't know. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for the compliment. (laughs) (laughs) But things don't bother me the way that they used to. You know, I don't get irritated by you know driving through the city and and um in traffic and things like that i can be pretty chill about that kind of thing and i know it's related to not necessarily the the weightlifting but finding that thing in my life that is health so yes weightlifting can help you stay calmer in traffic excellent unexpected side benefit Okay, so let's continue our trip through the decades. Now we're going to go back to episode 65 from October 18th, 2019, featuring cyclist Lynn Salvo. I stumbled across Lynn's story when she was featured in a Wall Street Journal article titled The New Rules of Middle Age Written by Women. Lynn represented the athletic side of how women are redefining middle age. And her story stands out because she has earned two Guinness World Records for cycling across Canada and has cycled across North America in the shape of a peace sign. And did I mention that she was 70 years old at the time this episode first aired? What I love so much about Lynn's story is that she has dedicated her cycling to the cause of promoting peace, which has allowed her to experience an extra level of depth and gravitas along the way. One of my favorite things that she shared was how her route to ride the shape of a peace sign took her through some of the most noted historical locations in American civil rights history. And it happened a bit by accident. Well, what happened was I'd done the the two cross-country rides. Then I looked at the pieces and I thought, well, I have a great friend in Wichita. That could be the hub. And then I just kind of, and then I was going to do Canada. So that was going to be the top of the peace sign. So then I just looked at what needed to be filled in in order to make a peace sign. And then I just made rides that fit those places. And then it turned out that one of them was from Wichita to Biloxi, Mississippi. And it went through all kinds of civil rights places, which was unbelievable. I was a terrible history student, but being in the places, being in the place where Emmett Till would have harassed the white owner of the grocery store and being in the courtroom where his murderers were tried, it was unbelievable to me. Um, So it was, those are two real highlights, but there were many, many, many of them. And then not even Uh, A month later, I cycled uh, what I hadn't done on the East Coast, and I cycled the Underground Railroad with a friend. So again, really historic, amazing sites. And it was a way for me to to understand in a history in a way I could get it, like physically being there and feeling the place where things happened. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And, And it's interesting to me, again, speaking to the whole fate thing, that keeps coming up that this this shape all you know essentially you're riding a shape across yes. north america and yet it is taking you directly through some of some of the locations of the most pivotal times in our nation's history when it comes to civil rights and human rights and 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 some of the some of the darker times in our history and yes. having you just be exposed to it directly makes it more powerful for you 
and I'm getting total goosebumps just thinking about it. Another amazing thing about taking on an adventure like Lynn did is just the opportunity to see the world in a completely different way. Lynn has been able to access places and connect with people in a way that for her could only happen on a bicycle. And seeing the world from a bike is really, really, really different. For example, I stop on practically every bridge right smack in the middle. You could never do that with a car. Right. So I get tons of pictures of bridges. When I was in um, Nebraska, they had had huge flooding there and I would go to the bridges. Some of them had freshly been rebuilt. And I'd go over to the side and look down and see these monster trees leaning against the brand new bridge. And But I could see all that kind of thing. And I can stop places where just cars just wouldn't dare stop. And plus, I get this intimate connection with people on this last trip that I did. Uh, I finished August 31st uh, with my friend Brenda. It was just the two of us, two women in their late 60s going self-supported. I didn't have a SAG vehicle. This was crazy nutso, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And our very first, Brenda had done all the research because I was busy riding the Underground Railroad. So she researched every bike shop from the beginning to the end of our ride. And our very first bike shop was 525 miles from the start. If anything went wrong, we were in trouble, shall I say? Yes, yes. <laughs> and things went fine. People kept giving us gifts. This one guy, a hotel owner, actually drove 30 miles to bring us sandwiches just because. This guy gave us a melon. Um, just It was just one thing after another of kindnesses, one thing after another. Also, at the 525 mile mark, when we were in the bike shop, the owner of the bike shop uh, well, the guy, the son of the owner, he refused to be paid. He said, I want to support your adventure. And while he was working on my bike, he heard this sound. He said, that's coming from your bike. What is it? I said, I have no idea. My bike doesn't make that noise. He says, yes, it, yes well, it's a flat. You're having a flat right here in the bike shop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was our first flat and our only flat of the entire trip. How amazing. You know, there's got to be. Something there's something endearing to seeing, you know, two 60 something women riding their bikes, you know, on their own self-supported that that, you know, if I were to see you guys, I would want to support you guys like who wouldn't want to (laughs) show support and and give to you guys because it's it's just you don't see that every day. And it's inspiring. (laughs) It's truly inspiring. And every everybody's inspired by that. So I'd love that people came together to really lift you guys up and help support you on this adventure. Yeah, it was it was truly amazing. I, I mean, I've done those self-supported rides and I have met people on them because with the record setting rides, I had to get witnesses, which is another whole story. But the way this one was, you know, we were theoretically pretty vulnerable, but it just didn't play out that way. Yeah, people and, wouldn't let you. People wouldn't let you be vulnerable. no. Yeah. And I remember going to let you fail between (laughs) the first bike shop and the second bike shop exactly smack in the middle between the two. My friend Brenda's bracket that held up her rack that held her panniers broke and her panniers are sitting on the ground. Well, she had brought zip ties and we zip tied it all back together. Then we stopped in a grain elevator and went up to uh, a worker there and asked if he could reinforce it. And he found some heavy wire and he fixed it up for her. 
and everything was fine. <laughs> you know, maybe that's another benefit to being an older athlete is just a general sense of resourcefulness, you know, that, that like problem solving skills that you yep. have gained in your life. I think that's definitely true. And, and the, uh, the, confidence that you're going to be able to do it. Now we're going to go way back to January 19th, 2018, when I interviewed Libby James for episode 27. Libby is our octogenarian of this 100th episode. She is a master's runner. And as of July 2019, when the records were last updated online, she maintained the USA track and field world records for the 10K and 15K distances in the women's 80 to 84 age group. Lynn is out there earning road running world records in her 80s. That's goals, y'all. So how did she get so fast? And how is she able to earn world records at this stage of her life? I'll let Libby tell you. One of the things I think is important is consistency. And, I, you know, there were in those early years, I, I ran a couple 60, 65 mile weeks. But that was really rare. I don't run a huge number of miles. And I'm not very technical about it. I, I'm just not interested in all that stuff. I'm interested in being outside and being by myself and having time to think. But I do think it's important to keep at it. And at this age, you can't even take a week off or you really have a hard time getting back. So it's just keeping at it. Right now, I'm running every other day about four and a half miles. I did go six miles one day this week. And the day in between, I go the same distance, but I walk it. And I'm starting to run like part of it because I'd like to get back to running a little more. So that's probably 20 miles in a good week, you know, not not more. Yeah. So, But I also have forward motion these days. Walking count. So in short, keep moving forward, which is exactly what Libby had to do to earn her 15K world record, even when it was what she considered to be her worst race. I'll tell you what was a tough race was over a year ago in Tulsa. And actually, I got the 15K record during this race, but it was extremely hard. It was on concrete. It was in October, but it was really hot. It was not scenic. There were a lot of hills. And at about mile, it's a 9.3, I think, 15K, at about mile seven and a half, I said to myself, I didn't come here to kill myself. I think I'll slow down. So I did. That's probably the hardest race I've done. So it it sounds to me like for you, I mean, it sounds like for you, running is a lot, uh, is based around joy. You really enjoy running. You really want to enjoy the experience of running. And it sounds like that race was the convergence of hills and concrete and lack of view and all the things that would make it not as joyful. Well, that's true. However, I... I went with my daughter, who is now 58, and she competed also. And I did win the age graded thing there. We drove there, and I made $1,000 on the age graded thing. So financially, it was a good weekend. I mean, even your worst race is going to be a good race. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, my daughter's busy, and we had 10 hours in the car together both directions. It was, that, there were great things about it, but the actual race was hard. Just goes to show you never know what will come out of your hardest races and determination and tenacity. Well, they're just common themes with the athletes I've had the pleasure of interviewing on Seasoned Athlete. One of my favorite athletes that I've ever had the opportunity to interview is one of the most recent to be featured on the podcast. I came across the story of 96 year old Betty Lindbergh and instantly knew I had 
to talk to her. And let me tell you, if you haven't listened to episode 96, which originally aired on January 20th, 2021, go back and listen as soon as this episode is over, like run over there and listen right away. If you've ever told yourself that it's too late to try a new sport, go back and listen to Betty's episode where she will tell you how she went from being the original couch potato to a runner in her 60s. And that has led her to continue to live an active and athletic lifestyle in her 90s. Betty is a runner who transitioned into race walking. She certainly hasn't let the pandemic slow her down as she went out and earned a bunch of virtual racing records last summer. And Betty knows what so many people haven't figured out yet. Strength training is the key to fitness and athletic longevity. One of my favorite parts of my interview with Betty is when she told me what her workouts are like with her personal trainer. So what does Betty do with her trainer? Well, let's have her tell you. Everything from lifting weights to doing your legs to stepping to lunges to uh, sit-ups. And the last thing every time is planking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Planking, (laughs) planking. I did a four-minute plank one day. Betty? I'm sorry. That was not normal. (laughs) I mean, usually it's a minute or maybe two minutes, or maybe I did a three-minute. But that one day I was just planking. Well, let me say, you got four minutes, Betty. Well, okay, I'll collapse now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you keep surprising me. And then, you know, how has your, you, you do all this strength training, which is so important as we age and particularly for women, as we, you know, we, if you don't do it, we lose bone mass, we lose muscle mass. How has, how has this cross training helped you in your racing? Oh, because I mean, you've got to, your body has to be strong too. I mean, it isn't just your legs that yeah. can't keep moving, but the, the, your, your core and your arms and your your brain, I guess. You yeah. That. Oh, your brain's a big, big part of it. Yeah, that's right. So I just, I mean, I just felt that I was staying in, in shape. And uh, I know since I haven't been able to go see them, I feel like, well, I do my exercises at home, but I, I don't do it as long as he did. You right. know, and so I've got to get back to him and get started again. Yes, Betty is filled with wisdom, including knowing the value of investing in a trainer or coach who will push you harder than you will push yourself. But that's not the only wisdom that Betty has to share. In every season athlete episode, I ask my guest for their parting piece of wisdom. In this episode 100, featuring athletes in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, I thought it would be fitting to share 96-year-old Betty Lindbergh's parting piece of wisdom. Here it is. Well, my parting words of wisdom are what I always say. You've got to keep moving. That, I mean, that's my solution to it. It's so if simple. You quit. If you quit. If you, I mean, it, you're going to go wind down and not be able to do anything. Because, boy, I tell you, it, it gets where it's not easy to move your legs and that stuff. So just keep moving. That's perfect. It's perfect advice. And that's, that's how you live. It's, it's, you, you, you get up and you move and you discover what you're capable of just by doing that. You discover that you're able to do things that you never imagined you could do. Could you, if you were to talk to even 55 year old Betty, if she could see what you're doing now, what would she say? 
what would she say? Yeah. Like younger, younger you, what would she say if she could see what you're doing now? Well, I don't know what she'd say. She'd probably, how did you start? Why do you do it? Why do you do it when you can? Nobody just sitting like I say, sitting in your recliner eating bonbons. She's like, I'm living a good life eating bonbons. Have you seen these true romance novels? They're great. What are you doing? And then what would you tell her? What would you tell her? I'd tell her to get her butt out the door and start walking. Yes. Put on some shoes, good shoes. Good shoes. It's important. Good walking shoes and just go out and do a vlog. Come back next week. Don't do vlogs and that. But yep. You've yep. got to keep moving. You've got to keep moving. It was a great way to wrap up my conversation with Betty. And it's a great way to wrap up this 100th episode of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. I also want to wrap up this milestone episode by thanking you. Thank you to everyone who has listened over the years and continues to listen. Thank you to those who have shared our episodes with your friends and on social media. Thanks to those who've purchased Seasoned Athlete merch or donated to the podcast, both of which you can do at seasonedathlete.me. And thank you to every athlete who has given their time to share their inspiring, motivating, incredible, remarkable stories with us and with you. Seasoned athletes are determined. They're tenacious and enduring. And so is this podcast. Thank you for being a part of the last 100 episodes. And here's to the next 100. Now is the time to take the inspiration you get from this podcast and do something with it. And a great way to start is by joining my free Ageless Women Athletes Facebook community. This group is for women over 40 or those who are almost there who want to stop feeling old and start living ageless. Inside the group, you'll meet women like you who will lift you up when you're down and cheer on your every win. You'll also get immediate access to videos, trainings, and tools to help you move well, feel great, and pursue the types of goals you never imagined were possible for yourself. In short, the Ageless Women Athletes community is here to help you age like an athlete, however that looks for you. To join, go to seasonedathlete.me and tap the bar at the top of the page. We'll see you inside the group.